awesome to worship you guys. Hey, I'm going to ask you this. Seriously, um, who, uh, did you guys have a good day? Yeah. I hope you did, man. Halfway, halfway done with camp. It's only halfway done. It's only halfway done. That's not bad. That's it. That's good. That's good. Um, uh, if you want to, if you have a Bible or if you want to write this down, we're going to be looking at two places, one really quick at the beginning, one really quick at the end. So I'm just going to throw this out to you and talk about some other things in God's Word. But Romans chapter 8, verse 28. So if you want to write that down and say, okay, I want to mark that. And then um, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Okay, so and I'll, we'll, we'll tell you the verses when we get there, okay? So 2 Corinthians chapter 4 is also where you want to just kind of mark that page. If you want to do that, otherwise just write it down so you can read it later. Um, how many of you guys, when we were worshiping and stuff, and I think I told you guys uh, this uh, last night, but you, you'll hear in a second. How many of you guys last night, really for the first time, I mean you, uh, I know a lot of people stayed in here for different reasons last night, so I'm not talking to everybody who stayed in here. How, who stayed in here last night because for the first time ever, you decided to hand your life over to Jesus Christ by faith? Who did that? Wow. You know, I, I, I was thinking of you guys. I know, that's awesome. Oh. Um, I was thinking of you guys. It just blows me away. Um, but I was thinking like this morning and, t- and, the, and tonight, I don't know if you were lit like me, but suddenly... I know I'm singing these songs from my heart now. You know, I know that I'm meaning these songs. Doesn't it make such a difference, you guys? And even some of you said, man, I've been walking by my flesh. I'm walking by the Spirit now. That's what I want to do in my life. That's how I want to live my life. Doesn't it make a difference when you're praising and when you're living your life a different way? It just makes such a difference. It's just such a difference. So, um, So I was just thinking about that. So, uh, you know, I was also thinking from last night, uh, for all of us who gave our life to Jesus Christ last night, all you guys that just raised your hand, or even if you have given your life to Jesus in the past, maybe you're still kind of wondering this. But I don't know about you, but when I, I told you like, when I was a freshman in college, actually, is when I had the humility and the courage to hand my life over to Jesus. And I really was, it was like the next day, I was like so excited. I'm like, yes, I'm giving him my life. There it is. And then it was almost like this. Now what? I mean, you know what I mean? Like, what now? Because I pretty much did it all, you know? Like, what's the next step? What happens now, you know? You're saying, Jesus takes my life, and what is he going to do? And I actually kind of have a little illustration, this lump of clay, to just represent us, you know? It represents me. And really, you know, like, when I'm a slave of sin, what am I really worth? What am I really able to do? What, are, what is my purpose in life? Really nothing, because sin takes all of that away. So like a lump of clay, you know, it, it maybe has potential. There's something it could be, but sin never molded me into, into anything good. Sin didn't do anything with me. He didn't care about me. He just wanted to destroy me. But now I handed my life over to Jesus like a lot of you did last night or in the past. And you remember the time you handed your life over to Jesus. He takes it. And what does he do with it? Yeah, you think, okay, forms it, but... Let me give it a little more specific. Let me tell you first what he doesn't do. And there's some people who think this, and I thought this at times in my life. I thought, oh, this is what Jesus should do because Jesus loves me, right? Loves me more than anybody. So I'm thinking Jesus maybe should do this, you know, and just take me and go, man, poor PJ. You've been a slave of sin all this time, and sin has really hurt you. So you know what? I'm just going to cuddle you. 
because I don't want you to get hurt anymore. And you know what? I'm going to keep sin far away from you, that dirty, dirty master. And I'm not going to let you be tempted anymore. And I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to put things in your life that's just going to make you happy and comfortable. Are you okay? Am I squeezing too hard? Okay, good. You know what I mean? Like, now, is there a certain kind of love that's like that? Like when you find a little, you know, a little, you know, kitten or something and you love kitten, you're like, oh, I don't want to hurt it, you know, or something like that. And, and you're, you know, a little puppy or something. You're like, oh, I don't want to hurt it. That's what I think about like love, right? And I think God is going to, I think a lot of us think, okay, that's what God's going to do. I'm going to give my life to him. I gave my life to him last night. Now, finally, things are going to like, everything's going to work out. You know, he's going to protect me from all these bad things. And now it's going to be great. He's going to cuddle me and stuff. And it's going to be fantastic. You guys, that is a kind of love. But let me tell you something. Jesus loves you way too much to do that. He loves you way more than to do this. There is a certain kind of love of this. But get this, if that's all he does, cuddle me, make sure he doesn't squeeze too hard, it's okay, how am I ever gonna change? I'm still gonna stay the same thing that I was the day before handing my life over to him. And who wants that? I don't want that. I want to be changed. You want to be changed. You want something to happen in your life. You need something to be changed. And so Jesus, God himself, I love this about Jesus, you guys. Get this. He doesn't go look at me and say, oh, man, you're just a lump of clay. Will you just kind of, I don't know, at least wash off a little bit and make sure you're okay. Let me, you, know, you need to correct some things. And then, you know, you'll be a little bit more acceptable. Then I'll take you. He doesn't do that. I don't need to do anything. I don't need to change myself at all. Jesus meets me exactly where I am, exactly where you were last night. It didn't matter the, the garbage or anything else in your life that you brought to him. It didn't matter. He went, I love you so much. I'm going to meet you exactly where you are, exactly how you are. And then he says, but I love you so much Get this, isn't this, this is gonna be cool. I'm not gonna leave you the way you are. Isn't that cool? I'm not gonna leave you the way you are. Remember, I'm a master that doesn't maybe tell you what you want, but I'm gonna tell you what? What you need. I might not do what you want, but I'm gonna do everything that you need. So that's what I'm gonna do. And he takes my life and he begins to mold it and begins to change it, but into what? You know what it says in Romans chapter 8, if you turn there, I told you to look at there. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. We sang a song last night, I think. It actually had this line in it. Maybe you're familiar with this passage, this verse. It says, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Any of you guys ever heard that verse before or something like that? We sang last night, you know, you cause all things to work together for good. I didn't sing it very well, but you know what I'm saying. You know, he works all things together for our good. He works all things together for our good. That's awesome. That is so true. And at first I thought, oh, that means it's going to work out the way that I think it should work out. It's going to work out like it's going to be like a happy ending story, like a Disney story. And they all, they all live happily ever after. But you guys, so many times we don't read the next verse. The next verse tells us what the good thing is. He's going to work out everything for our good. Well, what is that? Your definition of good my definition of good? It's what God says is good. What God knows is good. And look what it says in verse 29. Because for those God foreknew, he also predestined. That means he predetermined this. This is going to happen. He's committed to do this. He predestined to be conformed or molded 
to what? The likeness of his son. Jesus is going to do something that is impossible, but he's into, he's into doing impossible things. He's going to take you. He's going to take me. He's going to take this lump of clay of my life, and he's going to mold this into looking like him, into becoming more and more like Jesus. Can you believe, seriously, can you even believe the idea that we could actually be a giving person like Jesus was giving? Unbelievable. That we could actually be loving people just like Jesus' love. That's miraculous. That we could actually live a life like Jesus lived his life. That's the plan. And so God himself says, okay, I'm gonna mold you into becoming exactly like my son. In the likeness of him, I need to do that. And he does that. If you go, how does he do that exactly? He's given us a couple of huge things. He's given us his Holy Spirit, remember? To live within me, because there's no way we could become like Jesus on our own. We can't. But he can. So he puts his spirit within us to guide us, to lead us, so we can walk by spirit. And then he's given us his word. That Bible that you have is his word to show us his will, to show us how to become like Jesus, what it looks like. And because now we understand, hold up, I'm not going to trust myself anymore. I'm going to trust what you say. We look at the Bible differently now, don't we? We look at it and say, you know what? There's some crazy stuff in here, but I trust him. And he might do some crazy things, but I trust him. Our part is to continue to trust him just like we did the day that we went to him to begin with. Just like you guys did last night. You continue to go to him and you trust him and you trust what he says and you trust what he does with his Holy Spirit. And this is what he'll do. He'll do probably three major ways that he's going to conform me that I've seen him conform me and it says in in his word. One is this, that he says, you know what, PJ, I'm going to show you some things in my word. And you're going to read it and the Holy Spirit's going to reveal it to you and they'll help you understand it and apply it to your life of things that you need to take out of your life. Some of you are gonna go home and you gave your life to Jesus last night and you already know some of the things that Jesus and God is gonna say. You need to have this out of your life now. It might be a thing, it might be a person, it might be a habit. And he says, I need you to take this. And you're going, man, but that habit, that thing, I mean, that's been in my life forever. I'm really comfortable with that. And he says, I know. And he says the same thing over and over. Will you trust me? And we go, okay. He goes, because that thing, that, that this thing, this habit, even maybe this person is not helping you become more like my son Jesus. So you need to get rid of that. You need to take that out of your life, at least for, the, at least for now. And, 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 he, and we go, okay, I trust you. And it hurts. It hurts. I mean, imagine you're this clay. Ow. And we go, okay. And then he'll do this too. He'll show you something in his word. And his Holy Spirit will convict you with it and stuff. And he'll say, you know what? You haven't ever had this in your life, but you need to start having this in your life now. It might be another kind of person. It might be a new kind of habit. It might be a new thing that you need to do. And he's going to say, hey, I need you to trust me because this thing that's not in your life is going to make you more like my son Jesus. And remember, that's the plan. And we're like, but I don't know if I want to do that. I don't know if I'm not, I'm not, I'm kind of uncomfortable having that in my life. He goes, I know. Do you trust me? 
okay. And we add this stuff to our life. That's kind of uncomfortable. We push it in. And we keep molding it into our life because we trust his word. That's one thing he's gonna do. There's another thing that he does. This happens a lot. And it's stuff that God himself does in our life. And by the way, if there's going to be some stuff that God says in his word, and it's not going to be hard, it's going to go, wow, that's awesome. I want that in my life. Oh, that's awesome. I never wanted this in my life anyway, you know? And I wanted this in my life. But there's going to be other times it's going to be hard. And in the second area, it's the same thing. Some of it's going to be easy. Some of it's going to be hard. And that's God himself. God himself, because he loves us so much to keep us just leaving as a lump of clay, he's going, you know what, PJ, and maybe it's because of my own stubbornness, or maybe it's something that I have no control over. He's the only one that has control over that. He says, you know what, there's this other thing in your life, this other area, this thing that needs to change, and I need this out of your life, and so I'm going to go ahead and rip it out of your life. Boom. And I'm like, are you kidding me? That didn't feel loving at all. And he says, I know, but I love you. Will you trust me? Because this thing, and I know it's, it's I'm just for, for you, I'm just telling you, for you, this is not where or this is how you're going to become more like me. So I need to get this out of your life. And so maybe it's like, he says, you know what? It's not going to be where you live right now. And, you're, and, he, and, he, and he makes it a way that you actually move to a, a different place. And you're like, why am I moving? Why am I going here? Why is God doing this to me? And he says, will you trust me? I'm doing everything in your life to make you more like my son Jesus. And there's something there that you don't see yet, but it's going to make you more like my son in the long run. Will you trust me? And he puts things in my life. Like sometimes he says, you know what, PJ? In order to become like my son, you need to really learn how to love an enemy. Because that is an awesome kind of love. That's a love like Jesus. So what I'm going to do for you, because I love you so much, is I'm going to give you an enemy. Here he is. This guy hates your guts, but it's going to be so good for you. I'm like, what? But you guys know that that's the truth, isn't it? How can I learn to love an enemy unless I have a what? An enemy to love. And God says, here you go. You're welcome. And I go, man, this God's crazy. And he says, yeah, I know, but it's going to be so awesome because, look, now you're becoming more like my son. And after a time period, we're like, we look back and we go, wow, slowly, slowly, he's made me more like a son. So he takes things out. He puts stuff in. And then he, he does this. You know, you're just not flexible enough, PJ. So let me do that. You know what? I, I just, you know what? Let's just start over. And I'm going, what are you doing? And he's going, I love you. I'm like, whoa, but he does. I'm sure he doesn't say it like that, but you know what I'm saying. He's like, I love you, man. I love you, and you've got to be moldable. So I'm going to do some tough stuff. Guys, I don't even fully, I still don't fully understand it, but I'll tell you something that happened. When I was 13 years old, God allowed my father to be taken out of my life. He died. God could have stopped that. But he allowed that to happen. And for me, somehow, some way, God was saying, look, I know this is tough, PJ, but I need you to trust me on this. 
I am making you more like my son Jesus. Will you trust me? Okay. There's another thing that happens, you guys, that's probably the hardest for all of us. And it's not God. We go, okay, God, you can do whatever, you know, and I understand your word, and you're asking me to do some things, and I get that. You know what? It's really hard for us because of this sin scarred world because there's sin in the world and there are other people who are not following Jesus Christ and they're in our lives and they are sinning and you know what sin does even like a lot of you as a slave of sin it affects your life but you know what sin does maybe even all the time but a lot of times it's like a hand grenade that explodes in front of me but then shrapnel goes everywhere else it does it destroys me but it also like a piece of shrapnel hits this person and hits this person and it affects other people my decisions affect other people So it's also the same the other way around. Other people's sinful decisions, sinful decisions have affected your life, have affected my life. The world just being sinful. There's sinful just circumstances that happen. There's things that just happen in this world because it's not a perfect world. And it's like this. It's like this person or this circumstance or this thing is starting to come in and I'm seeing it coming and I'm going, God, do you see that? And he says, yes, I do. Okay. And he says, trust me, okay. And I'm thinking, I'm trusting him to do what? To stop it. But then he doesn't. And this other person's sinful choice deeply affects my life, hurts me. And it's like this, bam! And then I say to God, God, didn't you see that? Don't you see what this other person is doing in my life? Don't you see what this circumstance, this thing that's happening in this world that's affecting my life, don't you see that? And God says, yes, I do, PJ. Well, what, you couldn't stop it? No, I could. But get this, you guys, and we need to understand this, that God is still allowing people to do sinful things. He is, just like he allows you to do sinful things. Just like he's allowed all of you to continue to be a slave of sin and last night you finally went, okay, I'm handing my life over to Jesus Christ. He's allowing other people to do that too. And so he says, you know what? I am gonna deal with that person. I am gonna deal with this world. I'm gonna deal with this sinful world. I'm gonna deal with everybody's stuff. I'm gonna deal with every person exactly the right way and exactly the right time. You let me deal with that person. You let me deal with this thing that's going on in the world. And I will. Trust me. But until that happens, I'm gonna tell you this. You don't have to freak out Because what that other person does or what sin does in this world, remember, I'm more powerful than sin. And we're like, oh, that's right. I'm more powerful than the consequences of sin. Oh, that's right. Well, then what are you going to do? Because this is really hurtful. And God says, I want you to trust me. Because as you keep trusting me and trusting my word and and my Holy Spirit in your life, I can fix anything that anyone or anything does. No one else can ruin my plan for you. The only thing that's gonna get in the way of ruining my plan for you, PJ, is you not trusting me. This is me and you. 
And what other people do in other circumstances, don't worry about it. If it happens, I can deal with it. I can. Will you trust me that I can work around this? And I can work through this and I can mold you regardless of that to become what you need to become. Get this, you guys. God is so powerful and so wise that this is what he does. He allows this other thing, person, done something sinful, bam. And he doesn't even say, I can work around it. I go, what are you gonna do now? And he does this, I am so wise, I can do anything with anything. I'm gonna work with this. In fact, thanks, gave me a good head start. Can you believe that? That's how powerful, how loving, and how wise God is. And I don't know how it's gonna happen, because I'm not wise. And I even think there's no way God could use this. There is no way, this is so bad, this, this is so hurtful, this is so persecuting, this is so tough. How in the world is God gonna use it? And God says, I want you to trust me. Because I will. I can work everything for your good. Everything. Will you trust me? There's a guy in the Old Testament I think about that really got this. His name is Joseph. You guys heard about the, the, the account of Joseph? Most of you have, but if you haven't, Joseph had a, a bunch of older brothers that uh, hated him. And uh, Joseph, uh, Joseph's brothers decided they wanted to kill him. That's how much they hated him. And you can read the, the account of it in Genesis, um, uh, the book of Genesis, if you want to look at it. But jo Joseph has brothers, and his brothers decided to kill him. But in the last minute, one of his brothers stood up and said, no, let's not kill him. Let's just sell him into slavery. And so they did. They got him together. They threw him in this like, empty well. They waited for these people to come by that were like slave you know, owners and stuff, slave traders. And they, they, they sold him to these slave traders. These slave traders went from Israel. This guy was in Israel. Go to Egypt and they sell him to this other guy. And for the rest of that time, for about the next 17 years, because of these other people, these terrible people, these terrible brothers that Joseph had, and their evil thing that they did to him and selling him into slavery, he was a slave or in prison for the next 17 years. He finally gets out of prison after all that time. Can you imagine for the next 17 years of your life, you don't even know what's going to go on. Your life is just because of somebody else's decision and they did something to you that your life is just a wreck for the next 17 years. And yet, Joseph the whole time was going, I have no idea what you're doing, God, but I trust you. I know you have a plan. I don't know what it is. After 17 years, he got out of prison and, and actually through a, a series of circumstances that God worked, he actually became in a power place in Egypt and there was this huge famine and God gave him the, the ability to foresee that there was a famine coming to be able to save all of this food during these seven years that were, that were profitable and save a bunch of food so that all the people could live through this famine and millions of people 
millions of people were fed and were able to live because of that. Now, some of those people was actually Joseph's brothers who were also in the, involved with the famine and everybody knew that Egypt was the one that had all the food. And they came down and then long story short, they found that it was Joseph that they were standing before. He was second in power only to the king, only to Pharaoh. And they find out it's him and then they thought, oh my goodness, Joseph's gonna kill us. I mean, look what we did to him 17 years ago. You know, we sold him into slavery. We wanted to kill him. I mean, he's going to just get it. I can't believe this. And Joseph said an amazing thing at the end of of, of Genesis. He said this to his brothers. Don't worry. I'm going to take care of you guys. And this is what he said. What you guys did to me, you meant it for evil. But God meant it for good to the saving of many, many people's lives. In other words, if it wasn't for you guys, now that he looked back, after he could see God's plan, if it wasn't for you guys selling me into slavery, I never would have ended up here, and then here, and then here, and at the right time, come into power to save all these people's lives. Wow. You got people, you got stuff in your life, you guys, that's really hard. It's tribulation, man, it's persecution, it is hard. And you're going, God, what are you doing? And God is saying, will you trust me? I am molding you into the image of Jesus Christ and I'll do it. Will you just trust me? And like Joseph, I think all those times, he's like, man, what, why, what's going on? How come it's taking so long? What's happening? Some of us are struggling with the same thing. But God says, will you trust me? And like if we were gonna just take this lump of clay, Think about this, taking this lump of clay, and now I'm going to mold it into something really good, okay? I'm molding it, and if I was just that clay, not really knowing, not really recognizing what was happening and how it was happening, I wouldn't think, if I was the clay, I wouldn't think that this person molding me loves me. I wouldn't. Taking things out, moving it around, molding me, squeezing me, and then finally, maybe after a while, I go, oh, I kind of see what you're doing, and then right at that time when I start to trust him, I'm like, okay, I kind of see it. I'm thrown into an oven, and the thing is cranked up to a thousand degrees. And I'm going, what are you doing? And he says, trust me, I hate that. (laughs) But at the very end, I come out of that oven and I'm not a lump of clay anymore. I'm something that has value. I'm something that has purpose. I'm something that has meaning. And for us, you guys, we finally become like we were meant to become, like Jesus himself. How in the world are you gonna be able to sacrifice like Jesus unless you have opportunities that it's gonna hurt to give? How in the world are you gonna be able to love like Jesus unless he does give you an enemy in your life? How in the world are you gonna learn how to live like Jesus, face temptation like Jesus, and trust the Father, trust God and his word through temptation unless you're allowed to face temptation. How in the world are you going to learn to suffer, to face suffering like Jesus, unless you're allowed to face suffering like Jesus? So that's what God does. But in the end, There's something that he does that we could never do on our own. 
and we can say something like what Paul says. You remember this morning you looked at the, that, uh, look at, go ahead and look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We're going to end with this. Do you remember this morning when you looked at that uh, drama? They were in prison, right? And they were singing. They were doing crazy stuff. They're singing. They're like, oh, yeah. And they kind of made a little bit, you know, it's kind of an enactment of it, you know, this morning with it. But get this. There really is an account where Paul and Silas were in prison, and they were praising God, and they were in prison. And they went through a ton of hardships. They did get beaten. They did go through all this stuff. But he knew, Paul himself knew, that it's bigger than that. God has a plan. God has molded me into the image of his son so I can show Jesus to the world around me. And he's like, I know that God is the one really in control and he's going to use. All these other people can do stuff and God can allow them to do it, but God is going to be able to work through it. And so in in 2 Corinthians 4, this is Paul writing, you guys. Look what Paul writes. This is for all of us. And I think we could say this. Look at verse 8. It says this, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 8. We are hard pressed on every side. In other words, there's pressure on every side of us. We're being squished on every side. And he says, but what? but we're not crushed. God isn't going to allow us to be totally crushed. He has a plan for us. He says, we're perplexed. I don't know what's going on. I have no idea how God is going to use this. But we're not in despair because we know that God knows what's going on and he knows how he's going to use it. The next one, it says, we're persecuted. We are persecuted, but we're not abandoned when we're being persecuted by other people, God still has a hold of us and says, I'm still going to hold on to you. I'm still going to mold you. I'm still going to do this. I don't care what anybody else does to you. I can outdo them. We're struck down. People are striking us down. But we're not destroyed. Because God will not allow us to be destroyed. He has a plan. And then it says, We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we, verse 11, who are alive and are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may be revealed in our mortal body. All this stuff is happening so we can become like Jesus. And God asks us, and he's asking you. I know it's hard. I know you're gonna face some tough things. I'm gonna ask you to do some tough things. I'm gonna allow some tough things. I'm gonna even make some tough things in your life. But I want you to trust me. Will you just trust me? Let's say Okay, let's even say this is really hard, God. Okay, I trust you. Let me pray for us. God, I, um, we thank you that you love us so much. This is crazy. You love us so much, you are not gonna leave us alone. Thank you so much, God, that you love us so much that you don't want us to just stay as a hunk of clay, but you have a plan to mold us into something that is like your son, Jesus Christ. Unbelievable. It's so good. But God, we realize, God, we realize that in molding clay, there's a lot of pressure. 
There's things that are taken out. There's things that's added. There's an oven that we're gonna be placed into and the heat is gonna be turned up. We know that, God. But God, we trust you. And we would rather have that than no purpose. We want what we need, not what we want. And we want to be told what we need to be told, not what we want to be told. Thank you for loving us so much you met us exactly where we are. Thank you for loving us so much that you're not going to leave us the way we are. Thank you. We all thank you. In your name, amen.